Oh, what is the upkeep, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast Run episode. 84, Mikhail Grabowski, Grabo baby, of my little hockey show where once a week I go through all of the major news and what's happenings in the NHL, mainly focusing in on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames, but I'll be talking about all 32 teams in the NHL, so what's on tap for the show today? Well, not not very excited to have to talk about this, but um, some of the fallout from the 2018 Canada junior team is starting to fall now so we'll be talking about that a legend returns to the NHL and yeah so let's just die let's just get it in there let's just get in there the 2018 Canada junior team so reports are starting to come out now that the London police uh, has five members from that team that they want to surrender to them for the charges of whatever the charges are going to be now five NHL players have uh, been granted a leave from their team you got Carter Hart Dylan Dubé Alex Formenton Ryan McLeod and I think Nolan Foote Um, I don't know those two first names but um, and that's not confirmed that these are the guys that are guilty of these charges or what happened there but there's a lot of correlating evidence to say that it is more than likely them again it's not confirmed yet that it is it may be by time you're listening to this it may be by the time I'm done recording this it it may be out there but those five players were on the 2018 team so um put two and two together you kind of you kind of starting to see the picture here so uh, this is all the way back to 2018, and the invest the investigation back then was closed uh, shortly after, I believe, in 2019, and that was the NHL apparently uh, paid off the young lady that was involved in this, and that was that. But then the actions or the lack of actions is what kind of led to uh, this case getting reopened in 2022 I believe it was and now here we are 2024 which all the investigations appear to be done now the the three different investigations I do believe went down with the team Canada uh, the police I believe had their own investigation and then the NHL had their investigations so everything seems to be done they have the five people now it's like I said it's not confirmed but You see those five players leave, and yeah, so a very ugly situation. So uh, back to it getting reopened. So that was basically just a lack of any change or responsibility or really doing anything other than paying the young lady off and shoving it under the rug was the, the leaders of the Team Canada organization. And since that, they have all been removed from their positions and a whole new uh, team has been brought in so that was good I initially remember losing my mind about that that uh, initially none of those head board members were in trouble they weren't immediately removed they were definitely digging themselves a bigger hole trying to cover their asses and shit like that and it was really ugly to just even see them trying to do that and thankfully they've all been removed and uh, now it's it's getting to the players. So, again, just the lack of changing the um, 
what's the the atmosphere the the culture of that organization you know we've we've talked about young these young players getting some extra privileges that other people aren't because they aren't you know going to be big sports stars or something like that you see it all the time in movies um, you know, all with the sports kids, oh, I, he doesn't have to do the test or he just gets an automatic A because he's the quarterback or something like that. But, you know, it's it's really, I don't, by the sounds of it, it's really not that far off how bad the culture is in that organization. Now, there, there's definitely problems in a whole bunch of sports. It's not just hockey. It's It's across all sports. It's just something that's kind of baked into the pie that there's going to be those controversies but what makes it so bad is that you know they knew about this and then they just threw money at it and just continued on their ways like we don't know and this you know that whole thing the whole thing we all have well hopefully all of us has lost trust in that organization and who knows how many more of these investigations how many more of these stories are going to come out from how many more teams like we've heard stories from like the 20 the 2003 team or something like that like there's a bunch of stories out there and you know so we know that this kind of stuff has been going on for a very long time shockingly like uh, to hear something like that in 2018 is just thankfully we're seeing repercussions for that now and hopefully a change in the culture like it's it's not something obviously that's going to change overnight it's going to take some time and a lot of healing and and fixing a lot of bridges and and a lot of that kind of stuff but yeah the the initial lack of seeming any care that it's okay we can just throw money at it we got all these sponsors but then uh the the plug was pulled on the sponsors huge major sponsors left uh sponsoring team canada so you know you take the money away then heads are going to roll as long as there's money there then nothing is really going to happen you could just keep doing that but yeah that was kind of the final nail in the coffin to finally have them doing something and they haven't gotten those sponsors back and definitely aren't deserving of them yet like absolutely not there's still a ton more they need to do and show um that they're improving the culture because like I know they said that they're going to have a program, but I, you know, I've done a ton of programs with companies that I've worked for and they're generally a joke. Like they're mostly just kind of sit here, pay attention if you feel like it. And if there's a test, you know, at the end of it, they're just going to give you all the answers anyway. It's just a company fallback. Like, uh, basically the NHL is going to put in this policy now to cover their ass because, they're getting in a bunch of trouble. They're going to get in a bunch of trouble for this um, because they didn't have they don't they didn't have any fallback. There was no program in place. There was there was nothing to help players or even teach players that this is wrong. Like I know it should be kind of basic knowledge, but again, these players are privileged. They are they're very confident people. They're very good at what they do. So. Yeah, they, they may feel that they can get away with certain things, and a, a lot of the time they did, and a lot of the time it was encouraged, or just other people, or just monkey see, monkey do, that guy did it, so I'm gonna do it, kind of thing, so... Yeah, the NHL putting in these programs or whatever programs they're going to talk about. I mean, I'm that's not enough for me because uh, I, you know, like I said, I've just I've seen what these kind of programs are generally kind of like. They're not very serious or anything like that. Now, what is going to 
we're going to have to see what the fallout is going to be with this whole surrender situation. I don't know what the timeline is for that surrender. Like, is it this weekend? Is it a month from now? I don't know how that kind of thing goes down. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be in 24 hours or 48 hours. I, again, I don't know how that sort of thing goes down. But what I'm more curious about is, like, is there a jail time sentence with this and what happens for these NHL players if they're going to jail? Let's just say one of these players, they get sentenced and they go to jail for a year or two. So I'm, I'm guessing that their contracts would be voided. It would just be terminated. They lose all that money. They're going to jail. They may never return to the NHL ever again, and hopefully not. I mean, their professional playing careers are more than likely done in North America. I would imagine there, there might be an opportunity for them somewhere in Europe, or I, I have no idea. But the fallout, that's what I'm interested in, what's going to happen there. So, you know, teams obviously... They're going to be losing players off of their roster. What happens? Is there any comp? Like, is there a compensation for that? This is all the kind of stuff that I know I'm going to have answered on the numerous hockey podcasts that I listen to, and the professionals are going to figure that out. But um, yeah, just this morning, all this started to come out, and you know, some of these names, like earlier, like Dubé and Carter Hart, I, I had them initially listed as like, oh, they're just taking like a mental break. That's how it was kind of reported initially, but now it's like this abrupt leave of absence and then the connection to this story, then everyone's put it together that, oh boy, this is this is ugly. So yeah, I mean, it's just a really, really ugly situation. What is like? What? Who's? What's going to? Who's going to say what? Like, I imagine a lot of people are probably going to go back digging uh, for interviews with um, these these players, and maybe their denials or whatever uh, mentions of this incident was brought to their attention, and it'll be interesting to see what they were saying. Uh, but again, no one's no one's been listed as guilty yet. It just looks really really bad uh, for those five players right now. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, the NHL does with that. We'll see what Team Canada is going to do going forward. And hopefully we don't have to ever deal with something like this again. And hopefully, like, we'll see. Like, I'm hoping that, you know, like... I don't want people... Like, it sucks that people's lives are getting ruined, but it's a horrible situation all around. But the NHL really got to make a statement here. Like, they got to... You know, this is absolutely unacceptable behavior and they got to throw the hammer down like they I don't think that um, if if these these five, five players are proven guilty of the actions, then they shouldn't ever be able to play. I think they should be banned. And that's that like it's a difficult pill to swallow like for like if it's Carter Hart. And, you know, this guy is having a pretty good year for the Flyers right now. The Flyers are having a way better season than anyone has expected. And to just have a, just pluck Carter Hart off of that team like he didn't exist. You know, that's going to, I imagine that's going to upset Flyers fans. And I know Danny Briere was was asked about it, but he, he, he wasn't, he's not allowed really to say anything yet, like legally, because there's been no you know, official charge yet until these guys surrender, I imagine, or maybe they don't surrender. And then we have like a, an OJ 
fucking Simpson car chase on the 401. I don't know, but not a funny situation and uh, not good at all. Very gross. And yeah, man, that's kind of the ugly hidden behind the scenes stuff that goes on with these organizations that have a lot of money and power. So I don't know, man, going forward, I, I'm not a professional on this kind of stuff, but it's it's ugly and it's going to be a huge black mark on on Team Canada's history, on, on the NHL even, to have this kind of thing happen. Ugly, ugly business, that's for sure. But uh, until we know and uh, we see what the fallout is going to be of this situation, it's just, um, in a way, it's it's just nice to have it getting resolved finally. Like, I can only imagine how the poor young lady has been, like, I, I, got, I just cannot help but feel horrible for her. Like, this is something that again and again and again is having to be rehashed and brought up and I can only imagine how many times she's been asked the same questions and how many times she would have had to go over the stories again and again and again and I know there's um there's other uh, I think it's eight people or possibly nine people total uh, but five of them were NHL players and I think others are like maybe coaches I don't know what I don't know about the other ones but the only ones that were not named, but at least NHL players. But I think there are other people that may not be in the NHL that may also uh, be told to surrender, but we don't have that. And I don't have that information right yet. But again, back to the young lady. I mean, I, like, I know, like, she took the money, but you can't really, like, it's a terror. Like, what, what the fuck else are you supposed to do? I hope no one's like, you know, you know, being up angry at her. It's like, oh, you took the money and, and that wasn't enough for you. It's like, well, no, like, obviously, like it wasn't, I don't even think it was about the money. It was about, okay, the money and changes like this better never happen again. And I don't think she apparently was not convinced that they were doing anything. And I don't blame her. Like they clearly like to see that those same people that were in charge when it happened to her were still in charge. Like, yeah, I would be, that would irk me every single day that if you if you knowing that that like okay so those people still have their job that were in charge and and all this and they're still making money and they're bragging about this and that and winning championships and like no like I, I'd be completely on her side about that like and I don't think she was asking for more money it just seems like she was asking for change to happen and heads to roll because like money fixes everything for the rich people but the people that were you know, she was obviously affected and her life was changed by that and in just a terrible situation. So hopefully she's doing okay and hopefully, like, you know, she's going to see some of the results that, that she was looking for and, you know, seeing a change in the upper management on the Team Canada side and now these NHL players <clears throat> uh, possibly being reprimanded and having their jobs taken away from them and their careers ended and same thing, like having her probably see these NHL players, like guys that she knew, like remember from that night or what or whatever happened, and to see them still playing their careers, living their dreams, making millions of dollars, like you know, like yeah, that too would bug me on a daily basis. And hearing, oh, oh, Carter, or, you know, whatever, this guy had a great game last night, and and maybe hearing other teammates saying, oh, what a great guy he is, and. I can only imagine, like, how how mentally debilitating that would be and belittling that would be to her. So, again, hopefully she's okay and 
we gotta we gotta we gotta fix this shit, y'all. Like this is unfreaking believable that this kind of stuff is still going on and you know that the same kind of things are happening where the the rich and the powerful can get away with murder at times you know we're always reminded of the oj thing in the 90s where literally a celebrity got away with murder and uh yeah i'm not saying that nhl players here are getting away with murder but you're getting away well they got away with it for a for too long so hopefully that's that's the end of this and we better never hear a fucking story about this crap ever again like i don't know i don't i just don't get it man like i i I just wasn't brought up that way to ever, like, I was just brought up to treat women good. I like to try and to do my best to treat women as I treat anybody else. If, if like, with my wife, I get, I get like, uh, my, my neighbors are, are an older couple, and my wife and I will do stuff around the house and work around the house, and I we were working on some of the siding, and I had her on the ladder, and I was holding the ladder for her. Like, A, she wanted to do it, and I'm like, great. Initiative is great. You want to get up there? Absolutely no problem. I'll hold the ladder for you. It makes a little bit more sense. If you fall, I can catch you. If I fall, you can't catch me. So, uh, But our neighbors came out and was like, oh, what's she doing up there? I'm like, she can fucking use a drill. She can use a hammer. Women are not useless. Like, come on now people like let's grow up let's move on and um yeah let's try and move on to a different topic because uh it's just upsetting right it's uh it's a very upsetting situation and uh we'll uh we'll keep up with it and we'll probably talk about it next week and and see where it's going there may not be any new information this kind of stuff happens like you'll get a, a nugget of information and it goes quiet forever like the, the, it's been a while since we heard anything about this and and this is a huge piece of of information right so we'll see where it goes so we'll see where it goes with this podcast too let's just go to the legendary Patrick Waugh returning to the NHL out of absolutely nowhere what the heck in heck excuse me is going on over there so the Islanders I've been I've been noticing this too I mean the Islanders have just not been the Islanders this year Uh, almost a reverse like they are just they're winning and winning and winning the game, and then right at the last second, they blow, they're they blowing leads like I've never seen the Islanders blow leads since a very long time. Like, this is very not Islanders hockey right now. Firing trots was just a bad idea. Like, we all knew it. We all knew it was a bad idea. It wasn't going to work, but that's just what NHL teams do. They fire coaches to shake things up because... With, with a salary cap, there's only so much you can do. So firing the coach is one of the easiest, uh, generally sometimes the most effective thing to do. So it's I guess apparently it's just a lot of fucking fun too because everyone's getting fired. But yeah, we easily can go back to that and be like, that was a mistake. I know they wanted to bring in the offense with the team, generate more goals, but that's what brought the Islanders success was they were winning by defense and fantastic goaltending defensive systems. And I know the Islanders have been dealing with injuries on the blue line, especially to Pollock and Pellick. I think that's their name, but that's like their that's their shutdown duo right there. So if they've been out for an extended period of time and then coming back, they're going to be behind a step. Sorokin has just not been Sorokin this year. And honestly, that's my fault. That's my fault. I'll step in front of this one. Uh, I drafted Sorokin this year, and I have a notorious record for whichever goalie I draft whatever superstar I draft 
they're going to have a rough year. And I drafted Sorokin. This is the first time I've ever drafted him. And he's having a not Sorokin-like season. So uh, my apologies. I also, I will retroactively apologize for the Alex Ovechkin. I think it was the 20, I don't know what season it was, when he scored like 36 goals and everyone was freaking out. I drafted him that year, so that was my fault. Never, I have not gra- grabbed him since, and he's been fantastic. I did not draft him this year, so whatever's going on with Ovechkin this year ain't my fault. Back to the Islanders. So Patrick Waugh coming into this organization out of nowhere, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see him going to the Islanders of all teams, and here he is. So Patrick Waugh, it was you know, discussed back in the summer, I think, because he won the championship with the Ramparts, and that was great, and people were like, hey, whatever, what was going on with Patrick Waugh, he was a coach, and then we go back to the flashbacks of his first ever uh, NHL coaching game, where he almost got into a fist fight with one of the nice, was it, was it Barry Trotz, or was it Bruce Boudreaux, one of those two, if it was Bruce, that's insane, to almost get in a fist fight with one of the most beloved, nicest guys ever in the NHL, that's insane, but yeah, uh, Patrick Waugh, a little bit of a hothead, a little bit of a hothead, you can look back at his NHL playing career, I love showing my wife the highlights of what he used to do to players, like, he used to hit them, and winking at them, and chirping them, and oh, so freaking good, man, classic Patrick Waugh, he was, he was fantastic, like, those goalies in the 80s, like, the Hextalls and stuff, just insane men some of them absolutely insane and Patrick Waugh a little bit insane himself you kind of have to be to be a goaltender so there is that but Patrick Waugh you know it was a long time coming for this guy to return to the NHL a lot of people saying it took too long for him to come back but it was it wasn't a great ending for his first NHL tenure like he had a great first season I think he won the Jack Adams he had a fantastic season with the Colorado Avalanche and then it just went drastically downhill so what I would like it's been a long time since he's coached but and it's very early with the Islanders but he wins his first game and it's our the reports are already coming out that he was fucking losing it on his players in the practice the next day and hey I would love that if I was Lou I would be fucking sipping my tea up there watching just (laughs) I did it again I did it again so that's good but it's that's I don't know it's very early again but I'm just early speculation that Patrick Waugh is probably going to be the type of coach that doesn't last long with teams, but he's going to be probably very, very effective quickly, and then it'll quickly drop off. Think of a a Gerard Gallant kind of guy. He kind of, he'll come in, he's great, and then he's gone. You're like, what happened? And it's just like his message goes, it goes out really quickly. But like initially, it's really good. But again, Patrick Waugh hasn't coached an NHL team in I think it was 10 years now since he's been in the NHL. It's been almost 10 years, I think, anyway. But, yeah, I don't know if he's completely changed as a human being, but, you know, early signs of uh, the losing his shit on in practice, uh, probably still going to be a pretty hot-headed coach. He wins his debut, and Sorokin looked great. I, I benched him honestly like I don't even I I did it it does I don't have to I just I did it because I already won the goaltending category so there's no need for him to play so I just benched him but he had a fucking excellent game he had like 40 saves on 42 43 shots or something like that looked had a Sorokin like game which was really good uh, they win it in overtime against Dallas Dallas a, a good 
good team right now. And yeah, so good signs early. It's, um, you know, safe to say that most teams are going to win their coach's debut. I think even Ottawa won their first game with, uh, uh, what's his face anyway. Um, so interesting with Patrick Waugh. I'm excited that he's back in the NHL. That's great. I think it's great for, uh, the Islanders. I know there was other teams like it, it, this is wacky to me. Like they were talking about it, um, that Patrick Waugh was in contention for the Columbus Blue Jackets job. And then they ended up giving that to Mike Babcock, which is just fucking exploded my brain. I'm like, what the fuck? What the literal fuck was Columbus thinking, man? Like, oh my goodness. You could have had Patrick Waugh. Like I would have taken Patrick Waugh a million times over Babcock with just just the PR nightmare alone with Babcock I'd be like no 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 I don't even care if if he won seven straight Stanley Cups I'd be like I don't know if it's worth it and it clearly wasn't it basically sunk Columbus's whole season like to start out with that kind of situation before your season even begins to fire your coach because he's a psychopath and yeah, so that fucked him up. But if they had Patrick Waugh, they might have had a pretty good start. Maybe he, tur- he turns around Merz Lickens and he wants to stay. And who knows? Like, that is fucking crazy to me that Columbus decided to go with Mike Babcock over Patrick Waugh. I mean, everybody in Columbus should be fired. And that that's that. I mean, I heard that and... That just, that broke me for a second. So that's crazy. Now the Islanders have them. I I would imagine that the Ottawa Senators fans out there are a little bit like, oh, but what about us? And yeah, I think Patrick Waugh would have been a good one. Uh, You know, Craig Berube is still out there. I think Craig Berube would be a fantastic fit for the Ottawa Senators. Brady Kachuk is there. I don't, I don't think, I don't know if Craig Berube ever played with his dad or anything like that, but the St. Louis, he coached St. Louis, so I don't know. There's always a St. Louis connection with a Kachuk, so I could see Craig Berube going there. But it seems like with Ottawa, they're, they're staying pat with, uh, fuck, I can't remember that dude's name right now for the life of me. Oh, no, it's not there, but they're going to stick with the old guy and uh, just hold out with that, I guess, for some reason. Honestly, I would get... If you have, if your guy is out there, like get him in there as soon as possible. Like just get him familiar with some of the players and start to get whatever system you want to start putting in there. Get it in there early and fast. Like get it in. Like Rick Tockett. Like just get it done. Get it done. If they have their guys now, that's that's what I would pick. But Patrick Waugh, yeah, I think uh, I have no idea what kind of coaching style he is. I didn't get to watch that Islanders game or anything. And I'm not really familiar with what kind of uh, what kind of team he's going to be running with the Islanders. I would imagine he's going to go uh, a little bit more back to the Islanders style, maybe more defensive and goaltending. Um, focus a little bit more on that. And uh, in terms of the offense, like ugh, the Islanders just don't have that much. They're an older team now. Like Barzell's having a good season. Bo Horvat's been fine. Like I know he's not not putting up numbers like it was in Vancouver but if you if you were aware of Bo Horvat then you probably would be aware that yeah he wasn't going to put up numbers like that in the island it just wasn't going to happen period but he's been a really good player for them but you know Anders Lee not having the type of season that he's looking for and they're only getting older so and Sorokin not having the season he's looking for which uh yeah, I mean, if if you put this power play, this Islanders power play on 
on the Islanders team from like what two three years ago when they're in the conference finals with the with the Lightning I think you might have two uh New York Islanders Stanley Cups instead of Tampa Bay Lightning they figured out the power play Noah Dobson apparently is the answer there he's been phenomenal the one year I don't fucking draft him and uh, I've had my eye on that kid for a while he is a stud and yeah the one year I don't get him he has a major breakout which is hey I'm happy for him I'm happy for him but uh, can the Islanders really get back into a playoff spot at this moment? Let's check the standing and see. Oh, snap. I didn't even notice that they played the other night, and they lost. So Patrick Waugh is 1-1. One one. Fire him. Get him out of here. But in terms of the wild card situation, they are currently uh, two spots out of the second wild card spot behind New Jersey. And where are we with points? Yeah, 51 points. 47 games played, so New Jersey has two games in hand. They're tied in points. Uh, New Jersey kind of up and down, tons of injuries, so many freaking injuries, and potentially has lost two players. Um, Detroit is surging. Detroit is surging back, and the Leafs are falling out. So you got the Leafs at 54 and Detroit at 53 points. I mean, I don't know. That's a really tough spot for the Islanders. Uh, Washington, I think that's, I think that's it for them. Like, They've been an anomaly the whole season. They were doing way better than I think uh, they they should have been, and now I think they're starting to uh, peter out a little bit. They're going to start falling off. Potentially sellers at the trade deadline. If I were them, I would be. And then the outlook for uh, Ovechkin's uh, career is going to be interesting. Pittsburgh also a, a bit of an anomaly. They're very up and down, definitely trending much more downwards right now. And uh, I don't know what you're going to do with that. So, um, you're, I feel like they're probably in a better position than Washington and Pittsburgh. Detroit is is the mystery box right there. If they can stay healthy and continue to get really good goaltending from Alex Lyon, who knows, man? If Toronto, Toronto at this point, I, people still think that they're safe and tucked into a nice playoff spot. Not so fast. Not so fast. Tampa Bay is back, and Boston, Florida, they're not. Well, I mean, Florida went through a, a little bit of a tough time here, but it's Florida. They, they're playing really well. Boston's Boston. Tampa Bay has that winning pedigree, and I can see them turning it on in the second half. So I can be convinced that uh, Jersey and the Islanders and Detroit, one of them, two of them, three of them could pass Toronto if they're not fucking careful. So Toronto's got to be careful. Islanders, I don't feel optimistic that they're going to make the playoffs. Uh but we'll see, man. Like with Patrick Waugh, I mean, you, you would if if they won two in a row, I'd be sold. I'd be like 100. percent They're making a playoffs. Going to win a Stanley Cup. Patrick Waugh's going to get in there, back up uh, Ilya Sorokin, and and yeah, it'd be great. But at this point, I don't know, man. The competition is tough right now. Like even with Washington and Pittsburgh behind them, I don't feel very good about either of those teams. But they're still they're not going to give up, right? So especially Pittsburgh, I don't think they're going to want to give up. Washington, I'd be more convinced, would want to just trade away whatever they need to. Pittsburgh, I could still see wanting to probably add. And then Montreal, Buffalo, Ottawa, Columbus, I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, And the Islanders also have games, or uh, Washington and Pittsburgh have games on the Islanders. Pittsburgh has three, Washington has two. So, yeah, uh, again, Islanders aren't in a great position, but um, at least they made the coaching change. I wasn't a big fan of Lambert. I mean... I, I don't I don't, I didn't like the picking him over Trotz. I think they should have stuck with Trotz. They had a great identity with it. I know 
it was getting maybe a little bit tired and they wanted to see Barzell score a bunch of points. But, I mean, winning is winning and they haven't been doing that with since they lost Barry Trotz. So, yeah, that is how it's going with the Islanders. I wanted to check in on some signings because I keep forgetting to take a look at some of the signings that have gone on here uh, over the last, I don't know, like month or so. So we'll go back down past Willie. We'll go here to January 9th. So Nathan Walker signed a two-year extension with the St. Louis Blues. Good for him. Nick Foligno signed a uh, two-year extension worth $4.5 million with uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, which is eyebrow-raising. I guess they really like what he brings to the locker room, the leadership. He's a great piece for that, obviously. And he's not going to say no to $4.5 million. He's not getting that anywhere else and I guess they're not going to trade him at the deadline either I, again I think they feel he's go he's bringing more leadership than I guess than they would want I guess like he's not going to bring back anything for a trade anything anyway like maybe a third or a fourth at best I can't see him getting much more than that and Jason Dickinson as well getting a two-year extension he's 28 years old so Again, this one's eyebrow-raising, kind of like, what do you guys, like, not gonna, like, Jason Dickinson you could potentially get, you might be able to fuck around and get a first-round pick for this guy if he continues to play the way that he's playing, but I can see it maybe a second, something like that, you could even potentially get a decent prospect for the guy, he's been scoring... Someone, I know someone's got to score when you're on Chicago, but he's been playing pretty good, and there would definitely be a team that would add him for a middle middle six uh, situation. But he re-signs two years, $4.25 million, getting a, a, a just a hair under Nick Foligno. I don't know about that one. But yeah, again, I don't think he'd be getting 4.25 from anyone else, and he's been playing good for Chicago. So it's not like they have... Uh, uh, a little bit of money or anything they got money to play with it's just like I don't know about that interesting signings Ottawa re-signs Shane Pinto for one year league minimum he returned from that what 41 game suspension for the gambling situation and uh, yeah so I, I don't I don't even know if he's gonna get all of that 775 I think that's I think that's prorated so he's just gonna get paid out whatever the remainder is throughout the season but regardless he's back in the lineup that's great for Ottawa they needed something to be happy about uh, with this season they're still not doing great but at least Pinto's back Washington re-signs Alexei Poitras for a five-year extension 3.375 million dollars what the fuck is that about hold on now who is this guy I have never heard this name before all right so this season 44 games played we got three goals 15 assists I mean nothing nothing crazy there last five games we got goose eggs across the board uh when the when was this guy drafted Three years pro, drafted a third round draft pick in 2019. Okie dokie then. Well, you go you go with that one there, Washington. We'll see how that goes. I don't know much about this player. He's a left winger. Um, hmm, that's interesting. He's 23, so, I mean, he could grow into something. Maybe Washington sees a potential that other people aren't seeing right now. But, yeah, that's an interesting one right there. Speaking of interesting, we got Corey Perry. Corey Perry is back in the NHL, and he is back with the Edmonton Oilers. Holy shit. 38-year-old returns on a league minimum contract with the Oilers. So, you know, kind of 
goes against what I was saying last week where I figured he would probably go with a team that doesn't have so much media hype around it and Edmonton arguably has some of the highest media hype in the league right now on a 14 game winning streak we'll talk about it in a second but Corey Perry signs with Edmonton yeah man I mean it's 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 something that they need they need something in that bottom six to spark some some sort of depth scoring now I don't expect him to be putting up the points that he was doing in in Chicago he's doing pretty darn good in Chicago almost being worth like the four million dollars that they're paying him or whatever um yeah but if Edmonton can get that we already know what he is going to do for them in the playoffs gonna add that grit um you're you're almost guaranteed a Stanley Cup appearance with Corey Perry, but are you going to win? Maybe not. Probably not. He's lost, I think, three appearances in a row in the finals, so he's going to take his run with the Edmonton Oilers. Probably a fairly easy choice for him. They're, without a doubt, the hottest team in the league. Um, I'm just, like, obviously I would have liked him in Toronto, uh, there's two sides to that story. I mean, some people are for Corey Perry in Toronto, and there's others that think it wouldn't have been a good fit. So that's interesting. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it seems it doesn't matter what tough guy Toronto brings in. It it doesn't change that tough culture uh, with the team. I don't think one guy is able to do that. But I mean, with with a Simone Benoit and what? Who's the other guys that have been really snucking it up in there this season? Um, anyway, but if you added Corey Perry, I mean, it would just add more problem, problem players to the team, but yeah, he goes with Edmonton. Don't really blame him. That's, that's great for Edmonton. They're going to need that. And it'll be a lot of fun to see Corey Perry doing his thing in the Edmonton Oilers team. That is how they are right now. I don't know what fucking sentence I am doing right there. That was a fucking weird one. Anyway, Corey Perry, Edmonton. Cool. Also Edmonton, like I said, 14 game winning streak. Absolutely fucking madness right now. Uh, At this point, I don't know if they're ever going to lose a game again. Like this is insane. They're playing so freaking good right now. Adding in Corey Perry. I know some people are like, oh fuck, what are you doing? Like when a team is on a heater like this, you don't want to change anything, but I don't know. I don't think it's really like the bottom six that is really humming or anything. Like I, I know they've had some good performances out of Fogel, but I'm I'm not even aware of what fucking line that guy's on. So uh, I don't think they're going to be too worried about that situation at this point. They're firing on every cylinder that they possibly can. And Sam Gagne on this team kind of forgot that he was added uh, throughout the season for the Oilers. Really cool, underratedly cool that he is back with Edmonton. People are kind of speculating that Edmonton could potentially try and trade for Jordan Eberle and bring him back in and have those two guys connect again. That would be re- that would be a really fun story. That'd be cool. Bring in Taylor Hall too. Fuck it. Let's bring the band back to Geta. And um, yeah, so Sam Gagne, he is the first player in NHL history apparently to be a part of uh, two 14 plus winning streaks in a career. He did it with Columbus when they had, a, I think it was a 17 game winning streak. If anyone, can anyone believe, is that even believable that Columbus went on a 17 game winning streak? That's crazy. But I believe that was the year when they just had all those um, one year pending uh, agents coming up, uh, Panarin, Bobrovsky, and all those guys, and they just loaded up. But um, yeah, that's interesting. So that, that was an interesting little nugget that I was like, I will talk about that. But Edmonton, how far does it go? Can they can they hit 17? Can they hit 20? The thing that scares me the most is when teams go on big winning streaks, they tend to go on a little bit of a, a cold streak after. 
So I'll, I'll be watching for the Edmonton Oilers because, man, that, there's nothing that used to piss me off more when I was playing NHL GM modes. My team would go on like a six-game winning streak and then go on a three-game losing streak. I'm like, you just fucking blew that six-game winning streak. Like, now that that now you just evened it all out. Like, God damn it. Like, don't do that. Like, I, I want my teams more than anything is to come back with a win after a loss. I, I really... I really love that. Like, you fucking, you lost last, you better come back and win, bitch, or I'm going to knock some teeth out. So, there's that. We'll see how it goes with the Edmonton Oilers. But how is it going with the Pittsburgh Penguins? There's a, a little bit of heat around the Pittsburgh Penguins right now in what are they going to do with Jake Gensel? So, Jake Gensel, fantastic player, been the running mate for Sidney Crosby for years now, but his contract is coming up. And the question is, what are they going to do with this guy? And it's a tough situation, man. It's a tough one indeed. Now, if I was in this position, I'd be I'd be trading Gensel, uh, even though I know you basically can't because I think it's Crosby's decision, honestly, at this point. I think he stays if Crosby says he's staying. And if Crosby says, sure, trade him, which I really can't see him saying, uh, I think they would trade him. But, I mean, Gensel at this point, probably at his one of his highest trade potentials and the contract that you're going to sign him to is potentially you're just not going to get uh I think you're bang for your buck so he's been great you got him on a bargain he kind of came out of nowhere and has been a top line player for you for years and yeah I think you could probably get another three maybe four more seasons of really good Jake Gensel, but they're going to probably end up signing him for eight. That's generally how that's going to go down. And look at the recent contracts with the, with the pens. They're, they're not afraid of signing guys into their late thirties, early forties. They don't care. So yeah, they would sign him till he's, I think he's 30 now. So give him an eight year deal. Probably be around. People have been saying ten million dollars, and I fucking shit myself. I was like, nope, I am not paying ten million dollars for a guy that's thirty years old, and I'm, I'm not paying that out until he's thirty-eight. Like, no way, Jose. So that would be, I would just be like, I, I have to cut bait. Like, I, I'm gonna have to get what I can for you. Penguins are clearly on their way to a rebuild. I'm sorry, Crosby. You've won three cups. The way that this team is built right now, you're not getting a fourth one, kiddo. So if you want to go too, I'll trade you to Colorado and you can go play with McKinnon and win some over there. But it, the way that the Pens are built right now, it's just not going to fucking happen. They have, if the Pens are going to win, they would need some young prospects in the system on league minimum deals to help them get there. They need some young injection in that lineup and just. For the, the years of playoffs, they've traded away so many firsts and prospects. There's The cupboards are empty. So that's just that would be my plead to the Penguins presidents or whatever. And we need to rebuild. And I know it's going to suck and everyone's going to hate us. But it is, in the long run, it's the right thing to do. And there you go. So that's that's what I would be doing with Jake Gensel. I'd be I'd be sending him to the highest bidder because I think he he without a doubt would be the the biggest asset on the trade board. He he's got to be. I mean, he's a perennial 40 goal guy, point of game player, Stanley Cup champion. Um I mean, yeah, I think you can get you can do worse than trading Jake Gensel. Uh, you may not get maximum value because it, it will be a rental unless you can get a sign and trade going. Maybe they they lock him up for uh, for an eight year and then trade him. 
I think you can do that, but uh, yeah, that's what I would do with Jake Gensel. I know Penn's fans would Penn's fans would not like to hear that, but I think that's what I would I'm I'd be trading them. So there you go. Oh well, and, and I just read a statement that said Kyle Dubis isn't trading Jake Gensel. So well, there you go. So all that was pointless. So uh, but GMs lie. So Kyle Dubis might be a dirty, filthy liar, and he might trade him anyway. So there you go. Speaking of there you go, and we'll just put this little situation to bed right here Boston Bruins it's been a little bit of speculation that Patrice Bergeron is going to come out of retirement score a million goals and win another Stanley Cup for the Boston Bruins apparently that is not going to happen Boston uh Patrice Bergeron himself saying that he will not be coming out of retirement uh he seems to be very happy in his retirement you know not taking any more sticks to his spine cross checks and all that bullshit I think he's good so apparently the Bruins not going to be getting Patrice Bergeron back, so they're going to still be in that hunt for a center. Lies Lindholm still out there. Please, Calgary, trade him. I like Lindholm too, but trade him, please. Um, I don't really have anything much to talk about with the Flames this week. They're still just kind of meandering. Uh, Markstrom dealing with injuries. He, I think he's back now, and they sent... Um, Wolf back down, but uh, yeah, not not much going on with Calgary this week. They did play the Leafs and they lost. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, with the Leafs this week, we'll kind of mix mix in the Flames Leaf talk since they played each other. I felt like if the Leafs lost that game, I think there might have been a more serious conversation about Sheldon Keefe's uh, career as the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It wasn't a good week for the Leafs. They lost to Vancouver. That was, I felt very responsible for that. I was watching that game. They went down 3 nothing. I said, okay, it's going to be one of these games. And I turned it off. I said, okay, they're not showing up. Neither am I. So I turned it off and I started doing some other shit. Then the homie Kyle texted me. He's like, it's 3-3. I went, fuck me sideways. I turned that game back on. And did Vancouver not go immediately up 4-3? to I'm like, oh, god damn it. So yeah, I jinxed the Leafs during that game. I, I turned it off around the last two minutes to see if I can kind of jinx the Leafs into an overtime uh, loss, but that didn't happen either. So they lose that game. They win in Calgary, thank God, but then they, well, they lost in Edmonton. We kind of all saw that one coming. Uh, it was Edmonton. They're on an absolute heater, and they, they're they pretty much unstoppable right now, so wasn't really expecting them to win that one. But honestly, yeah, if uh, I was talking to some people at work, and I'm like, if he loses this game in Calgary, I mean his I I would be I'd be considering it, man. And I know the Leafs have said that's our guy. We're not there's no chance they're going to fire him, but I'm I'm looking at some of the crop out there. There's some pretty nice looking names out there right now and the way that the Leafs are playing right now, I don't know, man. Like I just they seem they just seem like a really tough team to coach. For some reason, like, I don't know. I think a Craig Berube could do wonders for them, but that's just my initial thought. I don't really fucking know anything, but there, there is that. Not a great week for the teams that we love on this podcast. Uh, a couple of other little things to touch on around the league. Um, Florida's Lockwood was suspended three games for his hit on Marc-Andre Fleury. I haven't gone back and look at that on uh, to look at that hit, but if you hit Marc-Andre Fleury, you should never play in the NHL again. That's my two cents on that one. And then uh, Cody Hodgson signs a PTO with Milwaukee. Forgot to touch on that one last week. That's just a really cool story. I don't think Cody Hodgson is going to make it back into the NHL. He's like in his 
early mid 30s or something right now but just kind of a cool story like he was a highly touted draft pick but injuries kind of ended his career and he didn't get to live up to the hype of the eighth overall pick I think he was with Vancouver anyway uh, just just a cool story. Like the guy's just really wants to come back and play hockey. He he's aware that he's like I'm probably not gonna make it back to the NHL or anything, but he just wants to play again and to say like Hey, I can go back and play. Cool. So that's a nice story for Hodgson. And then Tyler Ennis retires. Oh my goodness, man. I loved Tyler Ennis. <laughs> like, like so sillily, I love Tyler Ennis so much. Mostly because of the old NHL video games. There was like two or three years there that Tyler Ennis was an absolute stud. I would pick him up for, I, I, I couldn't even help myself. I would even challenge myself. Like, don't pick up Tyler Ennis. It's too easy. We always win. If you got Tyler Ennis, I get Tyler Ennis. He would literally always put like 55 goals, 60 assists. This guy was disgusting. And I even, and I, I used him so much in the video games that I became a fan of him in real life. Like, I remember watching some Buffalo games, and the dude got a hat trick, and I was losing it. I was going crazy. I love Tyler Ennis, man. Like, a little player, super fast and skilled. He was just, yeah, man, I like those players. And I was, of course, I was really excited when he signed with the Leafs. He was pretty decent as a Leaf, man. Like, he couldn't stay healthy, but when he was healthy, he was pretty fucking good, and I liked him, man. So, Tyler Ennis, nice job on a pretty damn fine NHL career for you. And you know what I think I want to do right now? Let's. It's been a while since we did a stat update. Let's go take a look at the... At the league leaders around the NHL, let's go do that right now. So points, I don't remember what who was leading what the last time we talked about it. I feel like Kucherov was uh, still leading in points, and he's still up there now. Nikita Kucherov, 80 points right now, leading the NHL. Nathan McKinnon right behind him with 77. And then we get the drop-off all the way down in third place. David Pastanak, 67 points. Atemi Panarin starting to fall down the board. He might have been the leader the last time we did this, or at least the first time I think he was. He's down to 63. JT Miller, 63. Pedersen, 61. Nylander's up there at 61. And he's been... Yeah, like I know he put up some points there the other game, but his his gameplay has not been up to snuff since he signed that contract for me. And yes, I am aware that he's not making eleven million dollars yet, but if that's how you're gonna play, oh buddy, oh we're gonna have a rough next season. Miko Rantanen, sixty points, fantastic season for Rantanen. Connor McDavid, there he is. He's cracked the list. Twenty points behind Kucherov. Can he close the gap? We'll have to wait and see until next time we take a look. And Sam Reinhardt finishing out there. Now the goal. So you better believe Austin Matthews is up there now. He is the leader. Thirty. Eight goals for this madman. Absolutely insane. Sam Reinhardt, 34 goals for this guy. Could Sam Reinhardt fuck around and get 50 goals? I don't think so. I think he'll slow down on the back half, but he can get close. I think he'll get he'll get close. Kita Kucherov, 31. David Pasternak, 30. He's got a he's 30 goals, nothing to sneeze at, but I he I think he'll want to get up there and start trying to get closer to Matthews. Panarin's at 29, Hyman is at 28. Could Hyman get 50 goals? A lot like he's I think he's on pace, but I think he'll fall just short regardless. Like, oh Hyman, I am so happy that this guy is crushing it. I wish he was still a leaf, but them's the breaks. Brock Besser, 27, Sidney Crosby, 27, Rantanen and McKinnon both have 26. Assists. We got Nathan McKinnon, 51 assists. Nikita Kucherov, 49. Quinn Hughes, 45. Kale McCarr. 44. 
Could Quinn Hughes and or Makar get 100 points this season as defensemen? That, that uh, maybe, maybe. Kale Makar should and would if he'd played all 82 games. I think he would be a, a perennial 100-point defenseman. But I don't think he's going to have very many 82-game seasons because he plays a pretty hard game. Connor McDavid, 43. JT Miller, Noah Dobson, 42. Nylander, 40, or 38. Victor Hedman and David Pasternak, 37. Game-winning goals, you got the leader is Sam Reinhardt, scoring a lot of winners. Pedersen at 8, Duchesne at 7. Duchesne's definitely picked it up after a slow start in Dallas. Philip Forsberg, Caulfield, McKinnon, Svechnikov at 6. Svechnikov at 6 game-winning goals is impressive because I think he's only got like 9 goals. Uh, Mark Stone, Nikolai Ehler, and Kyle Connor at 5. Uh, I'll skip plus minus because no one cares, but I'll, I'll I'll do the top one. Quinn Hughes is losing or winning, I guess the the plus minus thir- plus thirty five right now, and his partner, running mate Philip Hronik, plus thirty three. Really impressive, I guess. Penalty minutes: Liam O'Brien leading by uh, leading at hundred and five. Next closest: Brady Kachuk at ninety five. So pretty good gap right there. Wins, Thatcher Demko is already at 25, and so is Gorgiev. Connor Hellebuck right behind him at 23. Stuart Skinner, 22. Sergei Bobrovsky, 21. Not bad, not bad at all. Shutouts led by Thatcher Demko. He's got five. So does Jari. Connor Ingram as well. All have five. Samuel Erson, he's been fucking pretty damn good for the Flyers. And um, I'm just saying if Carter Hart is uh, not going to be with the team anymore. I have him on both of my fantasy teams. Um, that being Samuel Erson, that could be a fantasy like gold mine right there. So if you don't have Erson, you might want to pick him up. Uka Pekalukinen has three as well, and so is Jeremy Swayman. Aiden Hill, Decord, Gustafson, and Hellebuck have two. Goals against average, still led by Aiden Hill. I don't even know if he's been in a bunch. Has he been in an, enough games to even count? He's been 11 wins, two losses, two. Yeah, okay, he's played. He's played. He just hasn't played a lot, a lot. You know what I'm saying? All right, back up to that save percentage. Charlie Sideburns, Charlie Lindgren still at a 9.926. Insane. Connor Hellebuck, equally probably more insane because he's played so much this year. 9.25, crazy. Jeremy Swayman, 9.23. Decord, 9.22. Demko, 9.22. He's been fantastic. Ingram, fantastic. Alex Lyon, a 919. He's been really helping out Detroit lately. Joseph Wold, please return at some point with his 916 save percentage. And Alex Nedeljkovic, of all people, 916. Well done. Saves as a total is Sorokin by a country mile with 1,093. The next closest is Gorgiev with 968. So, yeah, Sorokin facing a lot of rubber. He needs some help. Shots against, again, Sorokin. Special teams power play points is led by Kucherov with 36. Next is McKinnon with 29. Shorthanded points, Simon Holmstrom with 7. Gabriel Pajot, Sharon Govich, Blake Coleman all have 6. And there you go. That's the the stat catch-up right there. Okay, so we have Connor McDavid second to last on the total points list. Where will he be in the next probably month or so? How many points could he score by mid mid late February? Hmm. And Kucherov. I think I think Connor McDavid will be within 
10 points of Kucherov the next time we check in on the points leaderboard. So there you go. Where do you think Connor McDavid is going to be? Is he going to crack into the top five or is he going to, maybe he's going to fall out. Maybe he gets hurt. We'll see, but there you go. So that's all the stats. We're all up to date right there. And I think that will be the show for me, everybody. Uh, still looking forward to doing the midseason awards and the report card once we get to the all-star break and all that kind of stuff. And there, there won't be very much hockey news. Definitely going to be keeping my eye on this 2018 situation. We'll see what goes on with the police and, and the fallout from all that kind of stuff. But for right now, that's all I really know about it. So yeah, there's that. In terms of what else is going on with the podcast this week, it's going to be a big one for the WrestleCast. Got the Royal Rumble is this weekend. I cannot freaking wait. Love me some Royal Rumble. It's going to be a ton of fun. So there'll more than likely be a separate review for the Rumble. It's a big, long pay-per-view, so it should be a separate episode event on top of the regular recap with the WrestleCast. And in terms of the GamerCast, a little bit up in the air, I'm thinking it's going to be Star Wars. I'm, I'm pretty damn close to the end of that one, so probably going to be doing my Star Wars review, and that should be out Friday and or Saturday. We'll see if um, I'll be, I'll just try my best to finish it off and see how we can do with that. If not, maybe it'll be a top 10 or something like that. And yeah, so there we go, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Just make sure, help me out and hit that follow button. If you're not following along with the podcast, do that. Review it and all that great stuff really helps me and the podcast out. And I would really like that. Thank you so much. And if you want to do some more things that would make me thankful, send in some questions, some comments for the podcast related to wrestling, video games, hockey, general podcasting, questions, whatever. Send them on in. I can, I'd love to carve out a little bit of time and we can answer some of those questions live on the podcast. That would be a ton of fun, I think. And yeah, if you want to uh, leave a comment, I upload all these episodes to the YouTube channel, Gamer GX Videos. The link is in the description, so you can go check that out. There's a Twitter page and everything. I'll put up announcements and schedules and, and all that kind of stuff when I can, so you can follow along over there and yeah so thank you again everybody so much for listening we'll be back again with some more gx plus cast and for god's sake someone signed phil kessel